Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. typically recorded live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. However, currently recording at the Craft Brewers Conference in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Sarah Jane, and I'm sitting here chatting with Ethan Cox. He is the head man. President? President? Main instigator? Yeah, I My card says guy who does the things. Guy who does the things. Yeah, my partner (laughs) does the stuff, I do the things. (laughs) That's great. Um, so from Community Beer Works yeah. in Buffalo, New York. Yes. But you are also expanding, correct? Oh, we just completed an expansion. So okay. we are about to have our seventh anniversary coming up in April. Thank you. Yeah, in 2012 you guys opened. Yeah, that's when we started serving uh, serving beer. And, um, you know, it took us about a year and a half before that to actually organize, you know, the company and raise the money and get equipment and whatever else. So... We say that we were founded, you know, in 2010, but we started serving in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so the expansion, we finished up uh, towards the end of last summer. So up until then, we worked out of uh, our original location on our original equipment, which is a one and a half barrel, you know, glorified homebrew system, quite frankly, although we are now casting out into seven barrel fermenters doing four, four batches or five batches, whatever. So... You know, um, things do change over time. But uh, the new the new place has a much larger tap room, has a much larger brewing system, um, and isn't too far away from the original location, keeping us on the west side of Buffalo and kind of keeping us in a slightly different but similar neighborhood. So Western New York for beer mm-hmm. has completely exploded. The yes. combination of Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo. Sure. I mean, it is definitely a premier beer destination for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um my husband being from Rochester, mm-hmm. uh, his family always wants us to move back home. So yeah. they always send me, yeah. oh, there's all these amazing beer things. Oh, yeah, there you, you go. That'll get you. Um, so what, you know, you obviously wanted to open up a brewery um, not only to make great beer, mm-hmm. but to impact the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of like the beautiful thing about brewers is the good ones, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so in what ways are you all trying to improve the community? Well, I mean, there's there are things that we do um, like so many other breweries. I mean, you know, it's obviously baked into our name, but there's no question that most breweries have, you know, programs that are oriented towards their communities and giving in some way. So um, I don't want to sound like we invented anything new here, right, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, we, we do, though, I mean, from the very beginning, we felt very strongly that the... Um, that the business needed to do more than just make beer and pay its debts and whatever else, you know, to its investors. I mean, those are basics of every business, of course. Um, but for us, 
Um, there were at least three different levels of community that we kind of thought uh, we, we wanted to like kind of work with mm-hmm. or on. So, you know, at the largest level, there's, you know, sort of the world, which is a big thing and you can't tackle that so much as a small brewery. But, you know, we, we, we feel very strongly about uh, equity and, you know, social justice and inclusion. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's a big part of our brand. Yeah. Um, at the next level, there's our immediate community, you know, Buffalo uh, broadly, but also our, our neighborhood. And so we try to find partners um, for events that are neighborhood-type organizations, you know, that work at that level. And then the other community is the community of brewers, right? And mm-hmm. when we started, the community of brewers in Buffalo was quite small. There was literally two other breweries that really kind of operated. Um and now there's, you know, some 25 to 30. So that brewing community has grown, and I think we've helped grow it. Um, or we've tried. We certainly have been always friendly with other breweries when they announce, or we try to support them. Um, all the Buffalo area breweries have a Facebook page where we trade ingredients when you're short on a particular kind of malt or mm-hmm. could use a pitch of yeast or whatever else, some hops. So um, I think we try to keep that community healthy. Yeah, and uh, I saw that you all are putting out like a community like a collaborated um four pack so there's a, a beer that three breweries come yeah. together and make and yeah. then you each put out your own yeah beer. The, the ballpark brewer series which is mm-hmm. i think it's a unique uh collaboration i don't know of anywhere else that has done this combined the beers from uh, a few different breweries plus a collab from those three breweries but yeah we do that with uh big ditch and resurgence brewing in both both in buffalo um, to celebrate our, our ballpark. And so uh, this year we did a, a Czech Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I think um, Big Ditch put in a, a Session IPA and uh, Resurgence put in one of these, you know, juicy, hazy type IPAs. Mm-hmm. And then our collab is going to be uh, sort of just a, a hoppy blonde ale, a hoppy golden ale. Um, and then those four packs will go to grocery stores and whatever else, but they'll also be available at the ballpark, which is cool. Nice. Yeah. I also appreciate that they're all, like, around 5% ABV. Yeah. Because, you know, you're sitting at a ballpark. You don't want to be right. bombed after your first Right. One. Imperial stouts are wonderful, but they're not really ballpark beers. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But that's a that's a really, really cool collaboration. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. This is the third year we've done it. We didn't do it last year for uh, basically for planning reasons. Everybody was, like, losing their head over their expansion projects, basically, and we, um. we just never managed to quite take the meeting in time. Um but we did it for the two years prior, and so we're glad to bring it back. So have you seen more uh, tourism for beer in your city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. Um, and we've seen less, too, as other areas develop their own um, brewing communities, right? So, for example, five, six years ago, there were still a lot of um, Canadian tourists coming down from Toronto and, and southern Ontario into our uh our community to, to drink beer um, because they really didn't have a, a brewing, you know, I don't know, industry that had expanded quite as much. Now it has, you know, mm-hmm. now there's a ton of breweries in Toronto and the quality uh, of the beer is also increased. So we don't see as much of that as we once did, um, which I find interesting, you know, but cool. Yeah. Um, good for them too. And it makes me happy because I like to travel to Toronto, right? So that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think beer tourism is still pretty relevant. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we definitely get a lot of people who are coming from other places. People either travel specifically for beer mm-hmm. or they fit beer into the travel that their company is making them do. I think the latter is a, is a, is a way greater percentage of people. Yeah. But I know plenty of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm in Buffalo for business. And when I wherever I go, I check out breweries. And, you know, that way you can kind of combine business with pleasure, right? I mean, yeah. maybe that's even expense accounted for you. Who knows? <laughs> that's your dinner for All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Very cool, cool with that. So outside of Buffalo, mm-hmm. what is your favorite city to explore beer-wise? Um, of places I've been, mm-hmm. uh, I do love Denver. I mean, we're here, so yeah. it's easy and available. But, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, what happens when your scene gets as big as this one, you get real specialization. There's not one but, like, three breweries that really literally only do German beer, and they do it really, really well. Yeah. You know, but they are not saying, like, yeah, we also did a hazy, hoppy, juicy German beer. I mean, sure, of course, they tried it once because everybody has to. But, I mean, they mm-hmm. stick with their core. They yeah. make a Hellas, they make a Pilsner, you know, and they make them right. Um, so I love that. I love that, you know, when the scene gets big enough, maybe someday in Buffalo, we could have breweries that are that specialized. Uh, another good example is uh, Hogshead, right? Those guys do 85% of their volume in cask. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We can hardly sell a cask over the course of two days, you know. Really? There's not an appetite for cask beer in Buffalo, at least. Not as big an appetite as I would like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Denver is high on my list. Um, I like... I like Boston and Massachusetts. That scene's really grown quite a bit, too. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, and I was a student there when, really, it was pretty much just Sam Adams mm-hmm. and Harpoon um, and Cambridge Brewing Company, my one of my all-time favorites. So uh, I love going there. And then there's cities that I haven't been to yet that I'm really excited to see someday, like Asheville, which, you know, continues oh, yeah. to impress. Um, and I get beers from there sometimes, you know. And uh, I really want to get back down to Austin. I've been there, but mm-hmm. not since, again, things have evolved quite a bit in the time since I was last there. So. Oh, yeah. No, I was there in March. It's, yeah. It's outstanding. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. I have some friends, so I'm looking forward to getting down there. In fact, uh, the next year's CBC is not, well. It's in San Antonio. It's in San Antonio. So like, you what, wouldn't like walk. 40, 45 minutes. Right. You wouldn't walk it, but you could make that part of your trip for sure. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. And I'm sure there's... There are things to explore in San Antonio. I've never well, been Well, I'm sure there are, too. I'm actually yeah. excited to go somewhere different. That's how I felt about Nashville last year. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I know nothing about Nashville. Thanks for bringing me to somewhere I would have never thought to go to. Yeah. Actually, you know, last year I was able to go to one particular brewery that stood out, Jackalope. Mm-hmm. Um, I had their beer on tap, but I never got to the brewery. It, it was just... It was just the, the scene was also like really laid back, mm-hmm. like just a nice like vibe, mm-hmm. like the way that it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so bringing it back to uh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, you said that there aren't quite a lot of specialized breweries right now. Mm-hmm. What do people like to drink in Buffalo? What do people go for right now? Right. Well, I mean, the youngest and most fervent, you know, beer demographic, demographic, you know, the the, the beer geeks slash mm-hmm. haze boys slash whatever. I mean, they like what you totally expect, right? They want pastry stouts and they want fruited um, goes yeah, right, and hazy IPAs. And hazy IPAs. So mm-hmm. we actually do have at least one brewery that that's basically what they're doing. They're like, yep. I mean, that's a niche. We'll we'll make the beer geek beers. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, you know, hopefully when and if they get around to making porters, they can make a good porter too. But, you know, so far, uh, that, that's what they're into. Um, but, yeah, we certainly don't have anybody who's, you know, dedicated to English, you know, beer styles on cask mm-hmm. or dedicated to German styles or dedicated to Belgian styles or dedicated to sour styles. Mm-hmm. 
and well, like, really not doing the, anything else. Aside from the beer nerds, like, what is your, what is the majority of your... Buffalonians like Labatt yeah. Blue. I mean, to yeah. be honest, we're still a town that is struggling to gain craft share mm-hmm. um, because we're a pretty blue-collar, down-to-earth, you know, not very fancy, not very pretentious kind of town. The bars are open until 4 a.m., you know, because there's were always three shifts, right? Like, when we used to have manufacturing. Yeah. Somebody was always getting off of work late. So, you know, I mean, like... I think Buffalonians in general, you know, they, they, they typically want lighter, you know, lighter, longer styles. And, and so we do we do a beer like that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, as cheap as we can make it. Yeah. doesn't really quite compete with people whose brew lengths are 2,500 barrels at a time <laughs> uh, price-wise. So what can we do? But, um, uh, but you know, I think, I, I think also, you know, generally the same things that you see in normal beer drinking culture. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing the same things that are happening in Buffalo. People are liking more light lagers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, people still loving uh, IPAs, and you still kind of got to keep keep making new ones all the time. We have a singularity series, like a lot of breweries do, where we're using a single hop varietal. Yeah, to highlight that. Yeah, to highlight that hop, and also so that you know there's a new IPA every time you come in because that's what you that's what people say. What's new? Yeah. Um, Kettle sours are definitely big. Um, mm-hmm. We have a couple that have um, moved particularly fast. We did one that had uh, orange and cranberry. Oh, it was cool. meant to be sort of a winter goza, and then I yeah. was like, well, there's nothing really wintry about it, but it is tasty. <laughs> um, so, and so I think those styles, you know, just like anywhere else, are more are more popular among the let's say everyday, you know, less less uh, fervent yeah. uh, beer drinking crowd. Now, as far as you know, I talked to a couple brewers during Craft Brewers Conference this week and um, a lot of areas they struggle with the education aspect Mm -hmm. you know they struggle with um, getting people to spend a little bit more money on Mm -hmm. craft beer Mm -hmm. especially when they're in like smaller towns Mm -hmm. or you know where most people are drinking macro beer yeah yeah how are you bridging that gap and, and, you know, how do you train your staff in education mm-hmm. to make things, you know, not pretentious mm-hmm. and not intimidating? Right. Well, I mean, uh, we don't we don't have a, an incredibly formal staff education program yet. We're mm-hmm. still a little on the small side for that, and the bandwidth for that is just not quite yet there. What I do, I mean, I, I am a Cicerone, so I, you know, I do a lot of just hanging out uh, with the bar staff and, and, and keeping them apprised. Um, we do other things like shoot little short videos with the brewer where he's just talking about the flavor profile of a beer. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, just as much for when we release them as for staff training, really. We say, hey, you know what, you want to learn about us? Go to our YouTube channel. We fill it up. Yeah. Um, with a lot of content, and some of it's educational, and a lot of it's really goofy, <laughs> uh, which is kind of like that, that's very us. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean that 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 is kind of the struggle sometimes, and I think you know what's bridging the gap for us. Oh, you're left-handed. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, bridging that gap for mm-hmm. us is 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 partly um what those larger companies are doing right when yeah. ab buys up you know your wicked weeds your blue points your 10 barrels um when lagunitas is now heineken you know all of those things you can decry them and i do to a certain yeah. extent but what they are doing is also they're helping expand the footprint of craft to a certain extent um, too, because the customers, you know, do think that those beers in Goose Island, whatever, are craft. Like, they don't, yeah. they're not as honed in on independence, I don't think, as the BA thinks they are. I think mm-hmm. the BA thinks that a lot of the existing customer base is about that, but the people that we're still trying to reach, mm-hmm. not sure how much that matters to them. 
Yeah, and I think that's you know where the Brewers Association has implemented the seal, mm-hmm. uh, the seal that you can put on your website, on yeah. your packaging, mm-hmm. on your, your stickers for your bars and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, have you done that? Is, is that is that something that you think oh, well, would be effective? We we downloaded it and and threw it on our packaging because it costs nothing. Yeah. To to us, you know, it's just a new print run of the labels. So whatever. I don't mind doing my part that way. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on the board of the New York State Brewers Association, and so as a New York State brewer, I'm actually a lot more interested in growing share uh, in New York, which mm-hmm. is uh, which is a um, a size I can manage. Right, the, comp- the country is huge. So I'll leave it to the BA to deal with that kind of stuff. But we have a consumer-facing logo for the New York BA, and we are trying to grow craft share in New York State. And we are looking at places where, like Vermont or Oregon, where you walk into any standard-issue bar, and most, if not all, of the handles are from Oregon or from Vermont. Yeah. We're trying to see if we can't get that to be more the case in New York someday. New Yorkers really love to hate New York. Um, in a way that Vermonters don't feel about Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you also have to deal with New York City, which is an entirely unique yeah. sales place. It's all a pay-to-play, and they want the best and always. So it's different. Um, but I'm hoping that we can raise that bar in New York State. And there again, you know, having Blue Point uh, mm-hmm. be a part of, of AB, that kind of helps. North American breweries just opened up a little... Uh, barrel house, a Labatt barrel house, right, in Buffalo. I mean, doing 10 barrel batches of, of Labatt, future Labatt products. And mm-hmm. I guess I got to say that's going to be probably good overall. Yeah. I don't see why not. So. I gotcha. Yeah. So you'd mentioned that, so your your YouTube channel is full of goofiness, <laughs> yeah. and your title is a little goofy. Yeah. I, I really like this kind of whimsy that you guys have somehow integrated into the brewery. Where Thanks. does this come from? Uh, it's us. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's me and Chris, who is the the um, co-founder and co-owner, really. And uh, it, you know, it's the kind of people we are, and it's the kind of company that we wanted to be. The same thing applies to our, you know, uh, firm decision to be involved with the c- c- community and to to give back. I mean, we couldn't really run some other companies, so it's a reflection of us. Yeah. We're learning as we get bigger. One thing I just heard, like in a seminar, is like you know, be aware no, that your brand. No sort of like a brewery's personality and so like a person it grows up over time mm-hmm. and I imagine in another five years we'll still be goofy but maybe not quite as like in your face crazy goofy yeah. um, because you know that is a brand maturing and as we try to grow more share and we want to touch more people yeah. you can't come on so strong you know and that's okay that's part yeah, of growing up um, but I don't believe we'll ever lose track of the the true us and and the whimsy won't ever go away i mean i love the videos that our guy mike west who's our social media director and manager Mm -hmm. um he shoots just fantastic videos and it it takes him no time to whip up a script and get lighting together and like we do it really nice and quick and then he had to sit down sometimes within a day something he shot is is up yeah so i mean I like that, and I'm glad that that's what social media has kind of forced it to do, forced yeah. us to do, because it's we're, we're, it's in our comfort zone, and it's not it's never awkward. I see other brands trying to do it. I'm like, you're not like that. You're not goofy, actually. You like you like khaki, man. You really do. <laughs> Don't pretend to be anything you're not. Yeah. So, because um, customers pick up on that right away. So, mm-hmm. I mean, whatever authentic is for your brand, stay true to it. You know, and yeah. I think that's all we're doing. I think another brand that nails kind of that goofy whimsy is Off Color yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, you know? they do. 
like even I had I was I was uh, emailing them for a quote for an article, mm-hmm. and even in the email, they had kind of like this goofy email. Yeah, um, and I think it just it was like this is really who you are. Yeah, you know P- what I mean? people say that when they get email from me, that it sounds just like like they can hear me saying it. It's mm-hmm. not like my write, written language is any different from my speaking language. I write the same way. I write wanna instead of want to. And, yeah, you know what I mean. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, beer being equal, you know, the mm-hmm. other part of this game is the storytelling and the brand building and the connections and relationships that you're making with your fans. Yeah. And they're really your fans, not your customers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's a better way to think of them. Yeah. Um, I think. So, you know, that that comes out of the Bruce Dickinson keynote, right? Yes. But, I mean, I knew that already <laughs> uh, for various reasons. Uh, but you know he's he's absolutely correct about that. Um, you know that emotional resonance you can only build that by you know being the real you. Yeah, being true to yourself. And this is exactly why people are so disappointed. You know when when brands sell you know for whatever reason they do to whomever they do. Yeah. You know they feel justifiably like a relationship's been broken. Yeah. So I get that, and it's a double-edged sword because you know every brewery deserves to have an exit strategy. <laughs> Very true. Whatever it may be. Well, thank you, Ethan, for taking time to chat. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, if anyone's ever up in Buffalo, definitely check you guys out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you make your way down to D.C. at all? Or? Uh, you know, I was there last for the Craft Brewers Conference, mm-hmm. and uh, I might be drawn down there again for Saber slash lobbying one of these days because I do actually go to the BA lobby, you know, hill climbs yeah. sometimes. Are, you, are your beers going to be poured at Saber? Uh, no. We, you know what? We've never yet made it into the lottery this okay. year. They contacted me kind of late and said somebody mm-hmm. couldn't make it. Would you would you be a backup? And by then I'm like I can't I can't anymore. I can't apportion the money or the yeah. time now. It's too late. Um, so well, I'll keep applying. Maybe next yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a fun event. I went once and it was pretty mind blowingly cool. Yeah, it's 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 a really large undertaking. I don't know how yeah. it really does. The it. venue <laughs> the venue is just awesome too. I oh, mean, the National to Building and, yeah, Museum. Yeah. yeah, just standing there and drink is. I was like, really? They're letting <laughs> they're letting us in here to drink? Are you crazy? Yeah. Drinking in any Smithsonian institution is very That's pretty satisfying. Cool. Yes, it is. Yes. You know, in a in a sanctioned way. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Not with the flask. Well, thank you again. I yeah, really you're welcome, it. Sarah. It was a joy.